slips sliding away I slip sliding away You know the more you're hesitating The more you slip sliding away And I know a man He came from my hometown He wore his passion for his savior But he was still down And then the Lord says Don't live in fear My love for you is so overpowering And my presence will never disappear Slip sliding away Slip sliding away You know the more you're hesitating The more you slip sliding away And I know a woman Became a wife These are the very words she uses To describe her life She said a good day no rain She said a bad days when I lie in bed and think of things that might have been Slip sliding away Slip sliding away You know the more you're hesitating the more you slip sliding away I know a father had a son He longed to tell him all the reasons for the things he'd done He came a long way just to explain He kissed his boy as he lay sleeping Then he turned around and headed home again Slip sliding away Sliding away. You know, the more you're hesitating, the more you slip sliding away. And God only knows, and God makes His plan. The information is available to the mortal man We're working our job Collect our pay Believe we're gliding down God's highway And not just slip sliding away Slip sliding away Slip sliding away The more you're hesitating, the more you slip sliding away, slip sliding away, slip sliding away. You know, the more you're hesitating, the more you slip sliding away. 
I want to thank the band for that. Boy, you asked for something like that, and they're able to pull that off. That's awesome. Yeah. Paul Simon will be proud. Or maybe not, changing his words around. I don't know. He might be touchy about that. Your strengths can become your weakness. That's what we want to look at today. First, um, go to the book of Psalms, which has always been an interesting psalm to me. This was written by a very famous man. And you say, well, it was written by King David. No, it was written by King David's song leader. And everybody in Israel would have known who this guy was. He had a very prominent position and place in the history and the course of Israel's life, and him being hand-chosen by David, being gifted by God to do what he is, uh, was called to do. But there came a little hiccup in his life, a little catch, and we want to look at that today. Uh, let me read a couple of cards. Uh, we've got a card here from Gary and Pam Sessions. And Pam writes, hoping you enjoy a Thanksgiving filled with God's blessings. P.S. Pastor Mark, I'm so thankful for your laugh. I love it. I've never heard anybody say that before about my laugh. So I appreciate that. Uh, it's not Christmas Day. It's not Valentine's Day. It's not Groundhog Day. It's I'm thinking about you day. Dear Pastor Mark, hope this brings a smile to your face. We, thought, we saw this on a recent visit to Giant City Park and couldn't resist getting it for you. We love you and are praying for you. Love, Danny and Donna Pearson. P.S. Laughter is good medicine. That's right. Um, this is from Mike and Jan the Tear. I know you like Cracker Barrel, but step out of the box and try this. It was an Applebee's card that was in it. <laughs> Prayers and love always, and during this holiday season as well. And one more. In his loving grace from another who knows, we stand together strong. Cheryl Phillips, and then she wrote a little a note here. Mark and Kay, there's not a day that goes by. But you are not in my thoughts and prayers. I don't know why I've waited to send a card and a letter, perhaps because it's such a raw emotion. I went to church my entire life, and never, Mark, have I ever learned so much from a spiritual leader. You help lead us to be better people, to walk closer to our Lord, and to strive to be better Christians. I thank God for you, Kay, and Orchardville Church Ministry every day. This awful monster called cancer is trying to test our faith, and we will not allow it. We have the promise of a perfect world in the future, and withholding faith, we are victorious. Every day I shake my head and think, how could Jesus have died to save me? How is that even possible? God has this all under control. It's our mission, if we choose to accept it, to allow him to use us as his vessel. It's human to question. It's being his child to lean on him and ask for his guidance. Thank you, Mark, for being Mark. I'll accept that. <laughs> and God bless you, Kay, and your children. God's got this. Sincerely, Cheryl Phillips. So always glad for the cards and the letters. Um, 
Isaiah. No, that's where I've been reading. Uh, Psalms. Are you there? Psalm 73, verse 1. What's that say? 1 through 18? Well, let's do something I've only done a couple of times. Let's read a whole chapter. So you got to stay focused. Stay with me. I hate when people read to me, but don't have that same attitude. Because <laughs> this is the Word of God. Get something from this. I want, to, I want to read this first verse, and it's a verse all by itself. That verse stands alone. It's all by itself. And then the rest of it follows. And here's what I mean. This is Asaph. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as of our a clean heart. End of story. So he thought. I've got it figured out. I've got my theology figured out. If you're good to God, it's going to be good sailing and everything's going to be just fine and rosy and dandy. I think this is the guy's theology. Truly, God is good to Israel, meaning only good things is going to happen. Because I'm living clean, even to such as are of a clean heart. Now, rest of the story. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Preacher, why is it that these people never have a problem? See, some of us say the same thing and think the same thing that Asaph thought 3,000 years ago. It makes no sense. Why do bad things happen to good people? We've all thought that and said that. There are no pains in their death, their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than a heart could wish. This ain't fair. On top of that, they are corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. Dan Gill was telling me something that he had wrote something on the uh, internet and said the backlash that he got. And people were saying, oh, oh, if there is a God, who, who's to say there's a God? And we could think the same thing that Asaph thought. Here are people who don't even believe in you and, they, and they've got a nice house and a nice car. This makes no sense we don't watch out, we fall in the same trap as Asaph fell into. Therefore, his people return and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how does God know? Is there knowledge in heaven? Behold, these are the ungodly. They prosper in the world. They increase in riches. He says, verily, I've cleansed my hands and my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. 
If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of my children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Now, everything changes right here. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. I finally figured it out. I thought one time, and it's probably unfair, but I thought about Burt Reynolds. And I thought, here's a guy, he got everything, and, and I'm just thinking, I mean, is that fair? And then the thought hit me. The devil's fattening him up like a farmer fattens up a pig. <laughs> With the slop of this world, and he thinks he's got it made, but one day there will be an accounting. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. You cast them down in destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment they're utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one's awakened, so, O Lord, when thou awakes, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved. I was pierced in my mind. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. Thou hast held me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to everlasting glory. Who am I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Love those words. Who wrote them? King David, song leader. My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from you shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring from you. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Lord, I'm praying, God, that in this message of your word today, we will draw near unto you more so than we ever have before. God, don't let this fall to the ground, but Lord God, let there be peace and tranquility that people derive from this message. And I'm praying, God, it'll be a help to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Your strength can become your weakness. Let me illustrate this sermon before I preach this sermon. Here is my illustration. This is stress. This water is going to equal stress. Here's when your strength can become your weakness. This is when John Wayne says, Martha, I don't need help from anybody. I can do my own thing. Now, I don't think going to take the time to have a timer on this, but anybody that's done any boxing in your life knows what with them eight-ounce gloves that you're holding, it won't take long when your hands should be here, your hands start being right here. And then they're like this. And then they're down here to your side. And already, this is starting to feel heavy. You think, well, you're a puny sissy. Well, you, you try this at home. See, my strength can become my weakness when I say, well, this is strife, this is problems that I've got, but you know, I'm pretty strong, Martha, and I'll just carry this on my own. I need help. Who's got a glass that they could come up here and help me? I need help. I need some help because I am feeling weak. 
Thanks, George. Glad we did that on you. And Yeah, feeling better already. That I can handle. That I can handle. There's the message. God bless you. Have a good week. <laughs> you may be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> when your strength becomes your weakness, I can handle it on my own. I can handle it on my own. I don't need no help. Asaph said I was foolish and envious of the foolish I was envious of the prosperity of the wicked. What Asaph needed to do before he finally got it figured out, his best thing would have, been, would have went to King David and said, and said, David, this is my problem. Help me with this. Help me with this. Because he says, when my foot slips, this is what Job said, when my foot slips, they magnify themselves against me. When problems come that I ain't got any, any way to figure out and the neighbor down the street says, yeah, if that guy was really a Christian, that wouldn't have happened to him. Or and I just, I hate the most. And this happened recently and I just hate it. And somebody was texting me and they was going to squeal on this person like that was really going to make me feel good about the whole deal. And this is what they're doing. And they really think they're a Christian and they're doing that. You know what that is? That's slander is what that is. That's slander. That's slander. It's always the non-Christian that, and a lot of times even the Christian that has that attitude. But nine times out of ten, it's somebody that don't go to church. They don't care about going to church. And they're looking to find fault. They're looking to find someone who slips so they can point their finger at that person. Oh, yeah. That's what them Christian people are like. And that's what was going on in Asaph's life. He was slipping. Other people were looking at him and saying, if that man was really a child of God, he wouldn't be going through them kind of things. Listen to 2 Samuel chapter 22. God, now this is an interesting verse. This is an important verse. God enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. You know why that's an interesting verse and an important verse? Because in Psalms 18 verse 36 it says, God enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. Word for word, God repeats that. And God can do that to where he undergirds us, he helps us to where our feet does not slip. Take caution. This winter, it's going to happen. There's going to be times that your feet are going to slip. And if you fall down, I already know what you're going to do. You're going to hurriedly get back up as quick as you can, and then you're going to look around. And God's word is to take caution, beware. Psalm 17, my feet have stayed on your path. My feet have not slipped. The important thing about not slipping is to know when you're in a slippery place. Again, this winter, take extra care when you drive over a bridge. Yeah. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, wherefore let him that thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Simon Peter, his attitude was, Andrew may deny the Lord, but I won't. Thomas may deny the Lord, but I won't. Nathaniel may deny the Lord, but I won't. What did he do? He denied the Lord. His, the very thing of his whole thing, you could sum up, what is your strength? He would have said, I will not deny Jesus. That's what he did. His strength became his weakness. This is why you hear it from me over and over and over and over and over again. This is one of the ways for you to enlarge your steps that you might not fall. Read the book every day. Pray every day. Oh, that's just what the flyover group does. That's just what hicks do. I don't care what you hear on TV. Pray and read your Bible every day. Look at the stress people are willing to hold on to. And it's not the amount of stress, it's how long you're willing to hold on to it and not ask for help. That's when your strength becomes your weakness. I know a pastor that can do everything. He can sing, he can preach, he can play an instrument, he can testify, he can do it all, and he does it all, and his church sits back and watches him do it, and they don't do nothing. His strength has become a weakness. Say it again. His strength has become a weakness. Moses said, Lord, I am slow of speech. He overcame that, thank God. Gideon was a coward. And I love that. I get a great visual of that, where it says that he is winnowing the wheat. He is taking it where he is, he is throwing it up in the air. And the wind is supposed to be able to catch it, but he's not doing it on a mountain. It says he's down in a valley next to some rock outcroppings, and there's no air blowing through there. But he's throwing it up. And it's not blowing the chaff away. It's all falling back down on his head. And it's getting back down in the back of his neck. And he's thinking, God, help me. Help me with this microphone right here. <laughs> and what was the angel doing? The angel said, give me a microphone that I can use. The angel said, the angel said, thou mighty man of valor. And what's he doing? He's hiding. Thou mighty man of valor. And he turns around and says, who, me? Yeah, you. You're going to lead God's people to victory. And that's exactly what happened. But that's not the message for today. Today's message is, don't let your strength become your weakness. Your strength can become your downfall. If you would have lived next door to Moses, you would have said, he's the meekest man on earth. Did you hear what Moses did last week? No, what? He took the Ten Commandments and he broke them. What? He's the meekest man on earth. No, he took them and he threw them down and he broke them. 
See, the very thing that Moses never thought he'd have to pray about, he should have been praying about because he got mad and he lost his temper. I tell people that my kids, they've, they've got my temper because Kay still got hers. <laughs> Moses had conquered other weaknesses in his life with a speech problem that he had, but he didn't conquer this problem of, yeah, I'm the meekest man. And he didn't stay on top of that. And the very thing that you would have never thought he would have broke a commandment, that's exactly what happened. There's no reason for him praying for humility. He's, why? He's the meekest man in the world. He should have been praying. If teaching is your strength, look out. Your strength can become your weakness. And you know, on, on, I have, since I've been 16 years of age, I have had a pastor. I can name them all. That's just been par for the course for me. I've had a pastor. This is what the Bible sets forth. This is the, forgive this, it's a chain of command. It's authority flowing from one to the next to the next. Hear me and get this right, and if I have to repeat it a dozen times, I will. I would not go across the street to hear someone preach or teach that didn't have a pastor. I wouldn't do it. There's no way. Because that is how God has set this whole thing up. And it don't matter how spiritual that person may appear. If they don't have a pastor, they're way outside of what God wants in their life. If they're just doing their own thing and getting the glory for it, they're way outside. And I don't care if they say, Hyundai, Shondai, Bowtie, and lay their hand upon your head and say, Thus saith the Lord, this and this, 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 this. It don't matter to me. If they don't have a pastor themselves, I would not walk across the street to hear them. And <clears throat> thanks for that, but I don't need it. If they do not have a pastor, I wouldn't walk across the street to hear what they had to say. Because again, this is how God has set this whole thing up. Like it or lump it, you better learn to like it. And for those that don't like it, it would let me know that what you've already been listening to has, has overcast itself on you if you're already thinking, well, I just really don't like that. It lets me know there's already been an adverse effect going on. Say it one more time. I wouldn't walk across the street. Someone didn't, that didn't have a pastor, oh, I'm just being a blessing to everybody. Really? 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 Say it one more time. I wouldn't walk across the street. I could say it like this. I wouldn't walk across the street to hear someone that didn't have a pastor. Well, you know what the Bible says? Make sin exceeding sinful. That's why there are times when I say, I wouldn't walk across the street. That's sin becoming exceeding sinful. Wrong becoming exceeding wrong. Because again, and it's not for my glory, it's not for any other pastor's glory. This is just how God set this whole thing up. 
like it or lump it. Again, with the teachers, you got to be careful. And here's what I've seen. Some of the best teachers become five-point Calvinist because they've got to have some new deal and they've got to have some deep insight that nobody else knows about. I'm the K-I-S-S kind of guy. I keep it short and simple. And my dad told me years ago, Mark, whether someone's 8 or 98, they can understand what you're saying. And I took that as a compliment. Because if you walk out of here thinking, man, that preacher's really a smart bird, I've not done my job. Because that's not what I'm after here. I'm after every one of us being a soul winner. Every one of us having the gumption to be able to look someone in the eye and say, yeah, I'm saved. You might want to try that sometime. Come on down to the church. Yeah. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Doing and teaching. There's more to preaching than just preaching. Of all that Jesus both began to do and to teach. If preaching is your strength, look out. Jim Jones was an Assembly of God preacher in Indiana before he was Jim Jones that led the cult group to wherever it was. Guyana. French Guyana. Yeah. Where people were asking him because of his great speaking ability, they were asking him, should I buy a car? Should I buy a house? Should I, do th- should I do this or that? Don't come to me and ask me if you should buy a car or a house. I'm not going to get into that. That's your business, not mine. I'm doing good to keep her on four wheels and, and keeping the oil changed. Yeah, Jones could sway people. His strength became his weakness. If singing is your strength, look out. Look out. Your strength can become your weakness. Oh, I sing like a songbird. Not me personally. I'm just saying that there are some people may think that. And, you know, the, that, oh, they're just being left out. If, 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 I, if, if, if I don't get to sing and they don't get to hear me, oh, they're just being, they're just being so misused, my talent and my gift. I sing Mozart and Beethoven and Bach. Bach in the hills where I was born. That's better than you let on there. Listen, if peace loving is your strength, look out. You'll compromise just to get along. Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Maybe other disciples will be ashamed of you, but not me. And that's exactly what happened to him. If you'd have lived in King Solomon's day, a man that wrote 3,000 proverbs and 1,000 songs and was the wisest man on earth, did you hear about King Solomon? No, what? He got married. Well, good for him. He's such a good guy and dashing and David's son and he looks the part and he's so, I bet you he married the most beautiful girl in all of Israel. Oh, yeah, she is a knockout. I'm telling you. 
And then 21 days later, somebody says, hey, did you hear about King Solomon? What? He got married. What? He just got married. Yeah, I know, but he got married again. And 21 days later, somebody says, hey, did you hear about King Solomon? What, did he get married? Yeah, he got married. He ruled for 40 years. If you take 40 years times 365 days in that year, that's 14,600 days. If you divide that into 700 wives and not even count his 300 girlfriends, divide that into 700 wives, he got married every 21 days. And he was the wisest man on earth, but (laughs) his strength became a weakness. That'd be a lot of hosiery hanging in the bathroom, wouldn't it? If courage is your strength, look out. Your strength can become a deficit and a weakness because you'll be looking for a fight. You'll become mean. You won't love mercy. Moses stopped praying about meekness because he said, that's my strength. Preachers, don't stop praying about your preaching. Teachers, don't stop praying about your teaching. Singers, don't stop praying about your singing. Listen to these words. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Listen to these words. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Listen to these words. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And two jailers walk across with the forum on one side and the Colosseum on the other in Rome, and they walk to the Mamertine prison. And they get inside the prison, and then from there, they move a concrete slab. And then from there, they lower a rope, and it's the prison down under the prison. And they tell him, tie that around your waist. And they lift this precious cargo up out of that dungeon hole. And that man is Paul the Apostle. And with everything thrown at him, with Judaizers, with the heathen, with barbarians, with Rome, with people that hated Paul's very existence, he stayed firm in the faith. And like David writes in Psalm 17, Paul could have said himself, my feet have stayed on your path. My feet have not slipped. The enemy could not get a catch hold in Paul's life. His strength did not become a weakness. He kept it in check because he prayed and he trusted God. By your heads, please. Lord, I truly believe and feel this is the word that I was supposed to preach today. And thankful, dear God, for the opportunity to preach that word. 
But Lord, now it's time for people in this service to respond to the word that they've heard. There could be someone in this service, a crowd this size, that they've never asked Jesus to be Savior in their life. God, I ask that you drop that courage within their heart now that they would see that need and that they would respond. There may be people here, Christian people, that love you. And maybe they are battling things within their mind. Maybe their feet, like Asaph, it's almost to slip and to fall. But Lord, you can make us to where we don't have to fall. Or we don't have to slip. Put that resolve into our hearts today. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.